Welcome to the Directions Mag Geo Inspirations podcast series with Joseph Kursky. Greetings, all. Welcome to another edition of the Geo Inspirations podcast series, where we feature a variety of fascinating people in the geo, GIS, education world. And today, I'm so thrilled. We've got Jenna Levier. Jenna, welcome. Thank you, Joseph. It's just a huge honor and pleasure to be here. I'm so excited. Thank you for thank you for coordinating this. It's awesome. Well, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I think many people in the geo GIS community know who you are, but if you could briefly des- describe what your position is and how you journeyed into that position. Okay. Yeah, I'm happy to. So my current title is the Deputy State Cartographer for Arizona. Um, I work for the Arizona State Land Department. Arizona State Land is in a really unique position in Arizona, and so my role is really unique. There were visionary people, lawmakers, as well as people that came before me that were early adopters of GIS, um, and they really saw the power early on of where having data will make a difference. So you need some context about land to understand why that is so big. But the Arizona State Land Department is responsible currently for 9.3 million acres. And all of the revenue goes to the trust. And the trust benefits the the residents of Arizona, specifically public schools. Um, It supports Mm. the Mm -hmm. of Arizona. So it's really important. All the activities are centered around our beneficiaries and giving back to the state of Arizona. So my commissioner is just an incredible champion of GIS. She's amazing. Um, Her name is Lisa Atkins and she is the state cartographer for Arizona. But because she wears many, many hats and has lots and lots of responsibilities, she delegates some of those responsibilities. So she's delegated the responsibilities of GIS coordination and GIS support for land to me. So to get back to the visionary people that decided that this should be in land, as you can imagine, because we are a a natural resource based entity, we need lots and lots of different data sets to make good decisions and to really maximize the impact of our work for the benefit of Arizona. so that includes like all of like the, the foundational data sets, um, control and water and roads and addresses and parcels and all of that stuff. We really need that mm-hmm. to make good decisions. So the visionary lawmakers saw that we really needed kind of a central place in Arizona for that, for that information. And it made sense for land to be the keeper and the coordinator of all that data and to make it accessible to other state agencies, other entities so that everybody can benefit from the same data. So it became land's responsibility to coordinate data for the state. That led to a variety of other entities and things that we'll get to. So what that means in translation is that it's my job to make sure land has all the information they need to be able to make really good decisions for the state and for the citizens of Arizona. It percolates out across the state and past our borders. It's a really cool place to be. So it gives me a lot of, a lot of different responsibilities. One of those things is as a 
as a consequence of being like the center of GIS for Arizona, mm-hmm. um, they decided to create the Arizona Geographic Information Council. So it's a governor appointed board and it, we have representation from across different sectors and state, state government, federal government, local government, geospatial professional organizations, tribal entities. So we get all of these different perspectives, right? And their job as a board is to advise land on the best way to be the center of of GIS, right? The best way to coordinate data, make it accessible, all of that. So I help to administer agent. And that's one of the responsibilities that Lisa, my commissioner has entrusted to me. So it's a big job and it extends, it extends pretty far. One of the other things that has happened is that because of that role, I, I also have the responsibility of representing Arizona, our local and state government folks, as well as general citizens at the national level so that we're represented. That leads mm-hmm. to the National States Geographic Information Council. I am currently the NISGIC president. So, you know, there's a lot of different hats that I wear for sure. And my journey here has been not linear. So so that's pretty exciting. Um, I've worked for land for 16 years and started as an analyst, just making sure the data that we had was good and that we got the data from and and had good relationships with our partners across the state. Um, and, And all of that work led to my current position, which Lisa saw that I had good relationships, that I was able to to prioritize well. Um, And she entrusted me with AGIC and with representing Arizona at the national level. Um, So I went through a lot of iterations to get to where I'm at, but the vast majority of my my career has been at land. Um, Pretty exciting. It's... There's so many wonderful things that uh, I'm taking away from this, Jenna. First of all, the listener can't see you smiling as you're talking about your roles and your journey. Uh, but I know from knowing you, and I, I'm pretty sure I met you through AGIC, through your role at AGIC, a great community. And uh, it's one of the most vibrant in any state that I know of. And I've worked with a lot of state GIS councils and groups and of various kinds. And so, you know, in light of the stiff competition from Colorado and other wonderful communities, I think yours is one of the best. Great people, visionary, et cetera. Um, also, I've been to the NISGIC conference in the past, in my USGS days, and I have great respect for that organization as well. And so congratulations on being president. We'll, we'll I'd like to pick that apart a little bit later as okay. well, like what your role and responsibility are, are as president of, of the National States Geographic Information Council. Another thing that I was wondering, though, before we go too far forward is thinking about your agency. I've worked with the Texas General Land Office and other uh, most states have a Department of Natural Resources. I don't know of any other state. Maybe you can enlighten us that has an actual land division or department or whatever you call yourselves. Um, is it a division department? A, a it's, it's agency, a state agency. A state agency. 
Is there a lands agency with that actual title? Uh, again, I'm thinking the only one that I know that's related is the, the GLO in Texas, but maybe you know. Well, so, so all of the Western states before we were states, and it typically it's a little different depending on the state, we were all granted trust lands, right? Because there was so much land, like just square footage mm -hmm. for our state. So the federal government granted our states specific tracts of land to benefit our citizens. Um, and that was put into a trust. So Arizona's done a little different with that trust. Other like New Mexico, I believe, and um, some of this is memory, right? So I might be a little inaccurate. No worries. But, but New Mexico chose to do something else with their trust. And, and they sold a lot of their lands and traded a lot of their lands. So they were also given trust lands. They just managed them different. Um, mm -hmm. Utah, New Mexico, Oregon, Washington, we all got trust land. So I don't know that there is exactly like the land department in other states, but there are versions mm -hmm. right, of responsibility. They can be translated into different names. Um, Arizona is un really unique because we've done an incredible job of managing the lands and sustaining that resource. Um, and it's a tough job, right? Um, the, the land commissioner, her job is to make sure that that resource, the state trust resource is managed for the highest and best use in all cases. Um, and that's a, that's a pretty delicate balance. So in urban areas, we want to be able to promote economic opportunity and provide the lands um, to, to the folks that can, can maximize its impact, right? Um, so you'll see like in the metro area in Phoenix, state lands have strategically sold off lands at the best value we could get so that we can really benefit the schools and our, and our beneficiaries. Um, in other parts of rural Arizona, the best use is, um, is agriculture and, and grazing leases. In some cases, it's multi-use. So um, it's solar farms on a ranch so we can get multiple benefits, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're concerned with equity is a, is mm -hmm. a good way to put it. So underserved areas in Arizona, we really want to benefit their communities by the activities of the land department. So we're concerned about things like broadband and access and cellular coverage. And it, it's really diverse, right? We have both, both surface rights as well as subsurface and not always are the, the uses the best for both. So in some cases, you know, mining is important and an economic driver. So we need to be able to, um, to pave our roads and we need to be able to maintain our, our infrastructure. So land contributes to those really important activities through, through str strategic operations. And leases is the one that has to look at that broadly and, and see down the road, right? Because we can't just sell it all. Um, that's not the best use. Um, but we have to be strategic about it. So she has just been awesome for her term as commissioner and in seeing those things. 
Um, this year in particular is a remarkable year for revenue for state lands. And it's, it's one of the top ever. And that directly benefits our schools. Um, and that's really important to our future in Arizona. I know we've chatted about this outside of this interview today, but you and I are both, both very passionate about education, geography education, STEM education, using GIS in schools and community colleges, technical tri colleges, tribal colleges, universities throughout the educational system. So I love that connection that, you, that your agency has to schools and directly benefiting the schools. Also, I'm thinking about, gosh, you know, your job is really fascinating, Jenna. It's, you're thinking about everything from broadband to grazing to uh, solar power. Uh, oh my gosh, it's, it's, do you have a geographic ba background? What's your education journey into this? Oh, that's so interesting. Um, so I started out in biology and I was really mm -hmm. good at hard science. So biology, I ended up with a degree in zoology, of all things, okay. um, and really had a passion for the environment. I thought I wanted to go into conservation. And when I was in school, and we don't need to go into too much detail, GIS was not a thing. It hadn't happened yet. It was that long ago. So we were just starting to figure out that having data accessible was a really good thing for, for analysis and, and data-driven decisions. But it wasn't mainstream. There weren't courses for it. It wasn't something that was talked about. Um, so I got my degree and I had an internship with um, a place called the Conservation Biology Institute. Mm -hmm. Yep. And they were on the forefront at that time of using GIS. And it was in its infancy. So it was ARC Info and a lot of command line stuff right? It wasn't the GUI interface that we're all used to now. Um, but they were using ArcInfo to do really complex analysis of, of natural systems. And I got an internship there. So my first job was to map protected areas in the U.S. Now that particular project was the baby of CBI. Um, and it grew into something that the USGS has taken on now. So it still exists, um, but in a really different form. So it was my job to take napkins and paper drawings and, and all of that and make it into maps and do that by command. Um, and I fell in love with it. I just, it, it made sense. Spatial, everything has just made sense to me since then. Um, but it gave me the tools to be able to map land and to understand the complexity of, of managing land and all the different components, it gave me those skills. Um, so opportunity, you know, time passed and opportunity presented itself and I got a job with Arizona State Land in part because I could map very accurately parcels. And we really needed that at land. We needed to know where our stuff was um, and maintain it. So that got me my entry-level position at land. You know, I think we all, when we're young in our career, we all think, oh, we'll just do this for this long, you know, mm -hmm. for a short time. And we'll see what else is out there because we don't have long-term vision. 
so my idea was that I would go to land for a couple years and then move somewhere else. We'll figure that out. And that's not what happened at all. <laughs> You're <laughs> still went, there. I'm still there. And it's evolved. You know, land is. Right. You've got a lot more responsibility now than you did 16 years ago. Yep. I think another interesting part about this tale that you're you're telling us is that, you know, oftentimes students think, okay, I, I get these GIS skills and I'm they they sort of discount some of those core basic skills like editing parcels. In your case, it was your springboard into gradually more and more responsibilities to look where you are now. And so, you know, I think one of the message for the listener is, hey, you know, get those those skills. It could get you into an organization where you can kind of realize some of your bigger visions. I mean, you were thinking about conservation and data access and uh, data driven decisions far before it was uh, long before it was in the in the mainstream conversations. I think that's fascinating. I'm glad you brought that up, too, because I think one of the things that's important to share and maybe we only get this with hindsight, right? So I'm giving away my age a little bit, but when we're really young and starting out in our careers, we don't understand our impact. We don't understand the broader perspective. And what I've learned in my career is that it all matters. It's all really, really important. I couldn't do what I do and coordinate the data and make sure that it's authoritative and accessible and serving the larger public without those entry-level people that really pay attention to the details and really make a difference to contribute to our base data sets. It's important. Mm -hmm. And we can't underestimate those contributions, right? Um, I I just think it's incredibly important. It's in Arizona and in AGIC, we talk about Arizona and the GIS world in Arizona really is an ecosystem, mm-hmm. geospatial ecosystem. And I love that because it really implies all the pieces that are dependent on each other. It, we are only successful because we are a community of collaborators. We all count. It all makes a difference. So yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. I love this. And I know in the paragraph accompanying this interview, you're going to provide the link to your the Arizona Lands Depart, uh, Div- Agency and AGIC and some of the other things that you're passionate about. You know, another thing that kind of bring, comes to mind as you're, as you're speaking, Jenna, is thinking about changes in Arizona, even since you've been at the Lands Agency. Oh, my gosh. I mean, talk about changes on the landscape. Yeah, Arizona immediately comes to mind. I love right. Arizona, the, the diversity of the landscapes, the diversity of the people. It's just the history, the, the geography, the, the diverse climates. How are you grappling with all those changes and making sure, I mean, you mentioned sustainability before. You're probably thinking about sustainability again before it was in the mainstream discussions. Right. How, how do you deal with pressures for change on the landscape versus conservation of natural resources, et cetera? It must be Again, good thing you have a team because that alone would be daunting to think about, oh, you know, Arizona went from what, 2 million people 40 years ago to seven, six, seven million people now. That alone, plus water, climate, natural hazards, et cetera. So my mind goes instantly to data, right? We need foundational data. 
we refer to that at the national level as the, the national spatial data infrastructure, but each state also has their spatial data infrastructure. In order for us to make good choices, us meaning the, you know, the decision makers, not me, but the decision makers, to make good choices, to support our communities, to provide sustainability into the future, to see, like, to handle our challenges, things like water, and water's a big deal in Arizona. Um, wildfire, landslides, you know, all of the, those natural occurring things that we need to be prepared for, right? And, and make good choices so that our, our citizens are protected and they have what they need. That all relies on really good data. So one of the things that Lisa has really championed that is a responsibility of, of AJIC in the land department, but our community has really contributed to is our, is our central clearinghouse for data. The goal is to make that as accessible and discoverable and authoritative as possible. And it's a continual, it's a continual iteration. So we're always trying to improve it. During Lisa's tenure and in our most recent you know, iteration, we revamped it entirely, our state clearinghouse, and made it more accessible to the public. We made it more discoverable so you know what the data is and what it's intended to be for. All of those pieces combined really allow our lawmakers and our leaders, um, whether they have knowledge of GIS specifically or not, it allows them to make good data-driven decisions to support our communities. It's so very important. And, and I really think that AJIC's legacy and land's legacy is, is centered in those kinds of contributions right? I think it's important. Oh, I have great respect for your geospatial data portal and reviewed it on the Spatial Reserves data blog earlier this year because I, I think it's one of these shining examples. Truly, uh, kudos to everyone involved. Here's another thing. I, I oftentimes tell students or new folks new in their careers, have your elevator speech ready, changing oh, yeah. budgets, changing staff, You'll need to justify at some point, maybe multiple times a year, your position. Given all of the accomplishments of you and your agency, past and present, do you still have to do that from time to time? Do you have to say, this is my role and this is why it actually matters and why it should be funded? Or are you, are you pretty much set with not having to do that kind of thing? I don't think we're ever set with not having to do that. <laughs> I don't, think, I don't think any of us are, right? At our recent GIS conference, um, our keynote, Frank Winters, who's a, a mentor and a friend, mm -hmm. he's the past president of NISDRIC. New York he, GIS New York CIO, yeah. mentor, yep. Yep, he's amazing. One of the things that he shared with our attendees that I think is so relevant and right along, we have to know, we have to be able to articulate what we do and why it's important. And we have to be able to articulate that in 30 seconds, in two minutes, in 20 minutes, given whatever opportunity is there. For me, part of what drives that and where I, I feel very fortunate is that I've been able to build my, my career 
based on my core values. And those core values drive that discussion, right? So the things that I think about are things like relationships, how important relationships are. And I would say to every new graduate and new person entering the GIS field network, your relationships are super important. You'll learn things, you'll see the world differently. You'll learn about other opportunities and ways that you can apply your knowledge. Teams, collaboration is just essential. It's not a, it's not a me world, it's a we world. You know, we need collaborators. And our success at land, our success with AGIC, it's, you know, and one of the things we haven't mentioned about that is that it's all voluntary, right? Mm. Nobody gets paid to do this. It's all because it benefits the greater good. That collaboration piece is really important because we're not just meeting the needs of land, although we are, we're also meeting the business needs of other state agencies, as well as local entities, down to the citizens of, of Arizona you know, things like 911. We wouldn't be able to, to do that without the collaboration piece. I think the other piece that's really important in all of that, and that is definitely centered in my values, is diversity, diversity of ideas. It's not just diversity of the individual and the demographics, it's the ideas. We come up with better solutions if we work together, and that goes back to collaboration. And if we take the time to listen to each other, that's how we can, that's how we can solve the big problems and the dynamic changes is to listen to everybody and to, to pay attention to those one-off crazy ideas. They might be, that might be the answer. You don't know. <laughs> to always do our best. You have to believe that each day if you get up and, and do everything you can to, to do your best job, to benefit your agency, to benefit your community, however that goes, you're making a collective difference. And I think that's how things work in Arizona. We have all of, all of those things really align with the work of land, the work of AJIC, the work of MISJIC. It, it connects and it makes sense. There are such gems that you're sharing, Jenna, one of which I agree. The only way we're going to solve these complex problems of our 21st century world is to have this diversity of backgrounds and ideas. It's not just going to be from the geographer, GIS, bio, enviro community. We need the economists. We need the social workers. We need the et cetera, right? We need, as you're well articulating, but you're saying much better than I'm summing, but that's exactly right. These are increasingly viewed as something that we all need to get involved with solving, which is good because in the past, you know, it was sort of the geo-enviro GIS community that was talking about all of these things. And now with, with it sort of seeping into the public consciousness and also seeping into other disciplines, even business, you know, the University of Redlands just rebranded re themselves, uh, their school of business, business and society, you know, with right. a, with a, not just a nod, but a, a, a link to look, we've got a, a social responsibility here in the School of Business to have sustainable practices, to give back to the community, uh, you know, et cetera. I think it's just a, it's an inkling of, of what's to come. And it's, 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 a, it, it's a very welcome change. Here's another thing that we promised to come back to, your role in NISGIC, the National States Geographic Information Council. Why were you interested in doing that? 
you've got enough to do. Thank you very much. I've been involved with nonprofit associations and organizations as well. And I know it's sort of a labor of love. You know, you're oftentimes not, you're definitely not financially compensated for any of it. And oftentimes, you know, nonprofits are, they're just different animals sometimes. And there's some odd things that happen that don't happen in other kinds of organizations. So why did you want to do it? And what are you able to do there that maybe you couldn't do in your regular day-to-day job? So NISTRIC, as you implied, is a voluntary organization for many people that participate. Unique in Arizona, um, it is in statute that land have a representative at NISTRIC. I see that as kind of a, a, a visionary stance. It is an, it's an extension of what we saw in the States, what those first people that um, were early adopters of GIS, they saw the benefit of collaboration. They saw the benefit of make once and use many and the efficiencies. And that really aligns with our governor's perspective on government currently in Arizona. You know, we need to be efficient so that we can serve our people the best we can. So by participating in NISDRIC, I not only represent Arizona and what's happening in Arizona, I get opportunity to learn about best practices in other places. Um, I get to share best practices from Arizona um, and experience things like broadband, right? We are working really, really hard to bridge that digital divide and to bring services to our students who, you know, COVID has clearly shown don't have connectivity for a lot of different reasons. It's a complex problem that has a lot of moving parts and a lot of different stakeholders. By being at NISJIC, I can learn from the people that did that well. And Arizona doesn't have to make the mistakes that others did in just trying to figure it out because others have gone there before us. So using that collective knowledge Um, And sharing that across states is really very important and beneficial for our citizens, right? So my time there, while it is outside of my day-to-day activities, it really benefits my work here. I can learn about what other states are doing with their councils and how they're coordinating and tips and tricks on how to involve more stakeholders and get more voices. It really provides an opportunity for me to contribute back to my state. It's important. The other, the other piece is that there is a lot of opportunity for us from the, the federal landscape. Opportunities for us in geospatial to be supported financially as well as project-based opportunities, right? Collaboration across jurisdictions. Um, I'm thinking of state jurisdictions, so opportunities for us to collaborate with New Mexico and Utah on different initiatives that are important to our city. I learn about those, and I'm in a place where I can represent the interests of our local government and our private entities in Arizona, as well as our state stakeholders. I can represent them and give them a voice to the to the feds and to our partners and people that are working on standards, because standards are really important in, ge- in geospatial, right? We want the data to be interoperable. We want accessible, but it needs to work with other data sets. So, you know, 911 in Bullhead City doesn't work unless it matches with California. So mm-hmm. I can, those are all essential pieces. So it's worth the time. It also 
again, I go back to my core values. It aligns with my core values. Um, it gives me opportunity to do better and to see new new perspectives, right? That diversity of ideas. It's a bigger pool. It's really pretty remarkable. I think one thing that I that resonates with me that I want to share is that each of us, geospatial or not, we all have a unique impact, right? We have a unique perspective and opportunity to, to really contribute and make a difference. That's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, what our challenge is, is to see where those all fit together. Those all, all those unique opportunities, we have to maximize that so that we are the most efficient and the best we can be. So that really means that we need to listen and we need to take our time and we need to appreciate each other because each perspective is important um, and makes us better in the end, right? We're better together. So I, I have the pleasure of sitting with a lot of diverse communities and unique, powerful leaders that all have a unique impact. I get to be exposed to that. That's really exciting and, and an honor and a pleasure. And I get to bring that back to Arizona and have that make a difference for our people. And it's working. It's, it's really, it's really spectacular. Well, I know we're all benefiting from your leadership there at NISJIC, as well as other states. Also, what you touched on, I think, bears reminding the listener that you may be in this, a couple of tasks that you're doing are perceived by many as very dry and maybe even somewhat boring, like standards. But as you're pointing out, keep the bigger vision in mind. Without these standards, we're not communicating. We're not building these kinds of resilient communities that can respond to emergencies, et cetera, like you mentioned in Bullhead City, if we don't have those standards in place. So even those sort of, again, some of those tasks that, you know, you've, you've even studied those in courses for those of you listening in school and you spend time on metadata and standards and you think, oh, gosh, and this is kind of tedious. And sure it is, admittedly. But it's important, as you're, I think, really well articulating, Jenna. What about this? What is your day-to-day, -day, let's say this week, what are you working on this week or last week? That you know, What's your day-to-day -day kind of work there at, at the Lands Agency? Oh, goodness. It's diverse. <laughs> it's incredibly diverse because my priority every day is land making sure land and our staff have the tools and the, and the data and the information they need to make good decisions. That's the, that's the first priority and that I'm serving them. So depending on the day, it can be, it can be coordinating data and making data accessible for a specific project, making sure that our data that we develop at land is accurate, as accurate as it can be and useful for others, right? So I work with my team to make sure that our staff has what it needs and they have the training because one of the, you know, the efficiencies, again, um, our staff at land, and it's a small, small agency, there's not very many. So people wear a lot of hats. Mm -hmm. um, they're expected to, to map their own projects. So we train them, we make sure they have the data, we make sure they understand talking about metadata, they understand what, how the data is intended to be used. So that's one piece. I work with my team on those things. I also regularly work on 
bigger projects that go beyond our, our jurisdiction with land. One of the really, a good example, one of the really important things is high, resol high resolution elevation data, right? Because having that base data allows us to do so many things. It contributes to good planning. It contributes to mm -hmm. flood control um, analysis. It contributes to, I mean, so many, many different things. We know that we need LIDAR to get that. LIDAR is expensive. I wouldn't say a new technology anymore, but it is something that all the states are working with USGS and the national folks to get a base set. Arizona, mm -hmm. like many of the states in the West, um, we have gaps. Um, much of our elevation data is like 10 meter and that's not good enough to do a lot of engineering and, and environmental studies. It's not good enough for us to understand the landscape. So we need something better. One of my tasks is to coordinate stakeholders and work to get grants so that our community has that data we, in the last five years, and one of my kind of daily tasks is to figure out how we can serve the public with that data and how we can acquire that data. Um, and that means I work with federal agencies, local agencies, counties, who, who has funds, because nothing is centrally funded in Arizona, who has funds that they can, that they can support a project. Um, and in the last five years, as I was saying, we've really increased the, the square footage of LIDAR in Arizona. We're not complete yet, but most of the urban areas have it. Um, and coordinating that takes time. So, so that's another hat that I wear. Maintenance and management of our, of our geospatial portal, because so many people depend on that. And it's important that we leverage the resources we have in the state. So we make the data that is authoritative and being developed by our local entities available through the clearinghouse, but also that there is um, aggregation of some of that data to make it even more valuable. Um, so that's another thing that I do. And, and then there's NISJIC on top of that. So, so we coordinate across state, across states and across the nation to make sure that we have the resources to be able to do all of those things. Um, so it's pretty dynamic. I don't get bored at all. No, I, <laughs> I envision you in terms of tools that you use on a daily or weekly basis. I envision you doing a lot of Teams, Zoom, Microsoft Planner, but also on the GIS side, ArcGIS Hub, Pro, other, wh what are some other tools that you use on a, on a, daily or weekly basis that I'm not thinking of here? Oh, goodness. Um, Excel, I, I mean. <laughs> right, right. Well, spreadsheets and, and Zoom and collaboration. Um, but I also still, I still work with data. I still help develop data. Um, so I do quality control for the, for the boundaries, all the municipal boundaries for Arizona. I make sure those are matching the legal records. Um, you know, I'm the, uh, certifying official for census with that. So I, I still work with data. I still build metadata because that's really important. Um, I still have conversations on standards. What's our minimum standards so that we are interoperable and how do we enforce them? How do we continue to serve? Um, you know, because my, my perspective really is a service 
perspective. I serve Arizona and, and land. It's an honor and a pleasure to do even the tedium, you know, organizing meetings, creating opportunities for collaboration across across disciplines. Those are all very important. Well, in thinking of the career theme of this column slash podcast series that's been going on for six years at least now, I think it's a it's a a fascinating message for people listening to this that you can have increasing responsibilities in your organization like you have, Jenna, but you're, you can still be in GIS and lands and, and geographic spatial thinking. You haven't left that behind because you've got all these coordinating and communication duties as well. So I think that's a really nice, and perhaps you've, you've had to blaze that kind of a position where you, you have this, well, multiple toes and fingers in different waters, but uh, I just think it's fascinating that you that you still have that, which is great. So you're still very technical, geotechnical, and you've got all these coordinating planning responsibilities as well. What about this? Is there a mentor, uh, a instructor that you had in the past, a colleague that really influenced you in your journey, and maybe why? Oh my goodness! You are you going to make me choose one? Um. <laughs> you, uh, feel free to expand a little bit. There isn't just one. So many people inspire me. Um, I would say the top of the list is my dad. My dad is, um, he is not in geospatial at all. And he, he struggles to understand what I do. Um, he doesn't struggle to understand the importance of what I do. But, um, you know, the extent of his understanding is Google Maps, um, and that he can get somewhere. Um, and he knows that I kind of contribute to that, but he doesn't know how. But he is a leader and has been an incredible leader in his career. He was dedicated to, to schools. Yeah, he was a superintendent for years. So he really helps guide me on, on basic principles, the things that are important. Keep it, keep it simple. You know, um, He's been huge for me. And I still go to him regularly with, Dad, what do you think? I got this problem. And you know, what's your perspective? So he helps guide me a lot. I, I wouldn't be where I'm at without two really influential people. One of them is my land commissioner. She, she is a champion in Arizona and I would not be able to do what I do without her voice and without her support. Um, she is an incredible example of women in leadership. She does, it, she does really great work and has really made a big impact in Arizona. So she's been a huge inspiration and, and really, honestly, I couldn't do anything that I do without her support and her belief in me and her voice, right? She is very vocal about GIS and the importance of GIS. She's really helped us raise visibility in Arizona. She's really supported the community of collaboration. Um, it's been big for me. Jean Trobia, hands down. Um, Jean was the first state cartographer. Again, similar to my situation, those responsibilities are delegated by the land commission. So he did very similar things to what I've done, but he was the trailblazer. He was the one that started it in Arizona and helped to educate leaders and other collaborators in the importance of GIS. He was instrumental for Arizona and I've been very, very fortunate to have his ear 
anytime I need. He's helped me with NISDRIC. He's helped me with the communities in Arizona. He's helped broaden my vision, um, support my values, be able to articulate that. Um, I've just been very, very, very fortunate. I'm, I'm grateful for all the support I have and, and the mentors and leaders that are here. Well, and I know you're giving back with all your activity involving education to, you're a geo mentor to many. So it, it, it's, you're I, giving I, back and you're receiving. Yes, I love that. I try to be. I really try to be. It's important. Well, and I know we've chatted about the history of cartography a bit and, and books about, you know, cart, cartographic trailblazers over the centuries. Right. And you touched on this a little bit with your advice earlier, but I'm wondering, you know, being respectful of your time here and thinking about, okay, how are we going to close this out, Jenna? Is there so much more we could say, but what's your advice to a new professional in thinking about, gosh, I really, I really like what Jenna's doing. How can I do something like that? Be involved with land as decision-making and geospatial science, looking at things holistically, building more resilient communities, et cetera. How can I do that? What, what, what's uh, some pearls of wisdom from you? I would say top of the list, get involved, volunteer your time, volunteer. Don't be afraid to, to engage because even those first in our community, like just emerging is awesome ideas and easily get intimidated by people like me. I'm just a person just like everybody else. Network is really, really important. Um, learn about what other people do because it might really appeal to you. And in that, think about your core values, what speaks to you, what, what makes you passionate and what, what helps you know what your unique contribution is and follow that. I think that's really, really important. Get outside of your comfort zone. So present, um, talk about the things you know, talk about the things you want to know, get involved. You know, Arizona is really, other states are too. We have a great opportunity in Arizona because our network of geospatial professionals is huge. So there's a lot of opportunity and um, focus on, on who comes next with us. So there's a lot of very generous people. I would seek mentors. Don't be afraid. And it is a great community that we have, you know, the geospatial lands, geoenviro community, planning community. I can't think of any time you mentioned going back, you know, in your career. I can't think of any time in the past decades where I've asked, you know, someone in this field or fields for assistance, advice, and they've said no. Occasionally they say I'm busy, but let's talk at a later time. But yeah, it is a very caring community. We care about people, we care about the land uh, and the interconnections between the two. So I agree with you. It is a very special, spatial community that we're in, and yeah. I'm very grateful as well. And I'm very grateful for your time today, Jenna, knowing uh, just even more being, being aware than I was before of the many things that you're involved with on a day-to-day -day basis. I'd, I'm amazed that you could even donate this time to Directions Magazine and the Geo Inspirations podcast series, but I'm very grateful. It's been it's been really fun and wonderful. And I think it will benefit a lot of people listening to this. Uh, you know, new people in the profession, students, seasoned veterans in the profession to maybe get re-inspired all across the board. Oh, I hope so. 
I hope so. I think it's a, a fabulous use of time. The more we can inspire and engage people, the better off we are. We're always better together. Always. I can't think of a better way to end this, Jenna. Thanks again. So again, folks, we've got Jenna Levier from the Arizona Lands Agency, NISJIC president, deputy state cartographer for Arizona. Jenna, thank you so much. Thank you. It's really been a pleasure. I, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm.